and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. Give them a call today. They're going to hook you up just $33 per room cleaned. No, uh, they do require minimums, but no maximums. Call today. Get hooked up. 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. We're going to talk to Sam Amick momentarily. And, uh, of course, talking to Sam on uh, on the trade deadline day. That's nice. By the way, did you see? Yeah, yeah, it's a good day to talk with Sam, and he's been all over this stuff. Did you see that uh, that uh, tweet from uh, listener Sean, who uh, has a guy with a big old looks like a bat or a stick or something, and he's saying, "Get back, get back away from Craig Smith." Yeah, an Aggie fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, that would make Aggie fans salty if if Craig Smith went to Utah. There'd be a lot of salt there. Yep. All right, uh, it's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy trade deadline day, Sam. Are you tired of being on your phone yet? Happy trade deadline day, guys. No, I'm doing fine. It's funny, I, uh, a couple of years ago, my favorite trick of the trade, and I learned it from a friend and colleague over at ESPN, Tim Bontemps, was on his Mac Airbook one day. And I think at the time I didn't have a Mac Airbook, and I do now. And I learned the art of text messaging, through the uh, the messaging app on the airbook as opposed to using your phone has become a lifesaver on trade deadline day because you're typing instead of being on the phone. So, you know, I, I might lose a few scoops if people have an Android or a, or a, a BlackBerry, if those still exist, but, but that's uh, that's the, uh, the X factor on a day like today. Sam, all kinds of deals going down from the what seems minuscule to uh, fairly major I'm curious to know which deal you think is the most important of the bunch. Uh, I might, Gordon. I might be like it might be recency bias, or that's the wrong way of putting it. Like when my focus was pretty heavy on the Aaron Gordon situation, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm hyper focused on that, and and then by you know kind of a result giving it too much credit. But I like that move a lot for Denver. Um, I was just kind of sitting here writing about it a little bit, and, and the idea that if he fits in like they hope, and I think he very well may, you know, this would be a good problem to have. But two off seasons from now, you know, he'll be a free agent, and Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a free agent. The Nuggets are going to have a lot of bills to pay, but if they want to keep these guys, then then that means that it it, it went well, and so we're going to see this year and next year how it looks, but. 
you're talking about a core now with Jamal Murray, Nikola uh, Jokic, and, and and Aaron Gordon with Michael Porter Jr. that could be really good. And uh, Gordon in particular, they they feel like defensively, they're middle of the road right now. I think they're 13th in the league in, in defensive rating. But they just they needed another body in the playoffs to guard, you know, basically the all the future Hall of Famers who are at the, the three spot, you know, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Luka, all those guys. So I think the Gordon move was pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're really focused on the Western Conference in the playoff race, and you mentioned uh, Denver. I think uh, Gordon and I both agree with you. They got better uh, today. The other one uh, that uh, I thought uh, the other team that really got better was Portland and acquiring uh, Norman Powell from uh, Toronto. Your thoughts on how much better that makes the Blazers? I like it a lot. In fact, good timing um, to that question because I, I was trying to pull up the, the numbers for both Norman and and Gary Trent Jr. Because I like you know Norman's a big time addition, but you know Gary had become a big part of what they do, and that's the the only kind of you know disclaimer on that deal is like you know you, you didn't give up nothing, you know what I mean? And right. I'm looking at it here. You know Gary is uh, is shooting around what do you got? Forty one percent overall, which is nothing to write home about, but forty percent basically from three. On high volume, seven and a half uh, threes per game. So, you know, I think that helps them. But again, losing Gary is is not nothing. But Norman was the one that I felt like even in the media we didn't talk about enough because it's like everybody knew, or at least the word was that he was like a hundred percent getting traded somewhere. Uh, and it's like, well, this guy's out there averaging twenty a game, and and uh, and, and even I, I love his competitive fire and just. He gets after it. So, yeah, I think that helps him. But we'll see if he can do what Gary did and then some. What do you think of what the Clippers did, giving up Lou Williams and getting uh, Rajon Rondo? Um, it's funny because, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 It's puzzling from the Clippers' side. You know, I wrote a couple weeks ago about how Lou Williams – Back during the you know the bubble experience, and you guys remember the whole Magic City thing, he had fallen out of favor with the Clippers. They were ready to move on from him in the offseason, and it was partly you know they had that terrible finish against Denver in the playoffs, and then you know it, it was a distraction, the Magic City thing, um, and then they had kind of claimed since then that he was their third best scorer, third best playmaker, he was important, and that in the locker room things were good. And that is admittedly the hard part of our job sometimes is like, you know, I, I wrote what I was told in the perspective that was definitely from the Clippers side. And, you know, and now you look at it, you go, oh, boy, I think they might have been dressing that up a little bit. Um, because for them to part ways with Lou and give up two two second-round picks, you know, and, and get Rondo back, which, okay, fine. If you get playoff Rondo, that's great. But, I mean, Rondo has not looked good this year, and he's giving, you know, gave the Hawks almost nothing. Uh, but I get it. The Clippers needed a playmaker. It's, you know, it, this stuff is so funny because when the trades go down, you try your best to decide what you think. So here I was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm being basically down on the Rondo deal for the Clippers. Um, and then I look at Twitter, and, and Draymond Green is calling it the best trade of the day, you know, for the Clippers. And, you know, and that's because he values defense and championship pedigree. So we'll see. I mean, it's a, Rondo has got to, you know, reappear 
and be that guy that he was in the playoffs for the Lakers last year. Sam, the Jazz made a minor move acquiring Matt Thomas from Toronto, but largely standing pat. Uh, your thoughts on them uh, proceeding with the squad they got? Yeah, I mean, no surprise there. You know, don't don't fix what's not broke type of thing. Um, you know, I know they've stubbed their toe a little bit lately, but, you know, the, the body of work is, is very impressive this year. And, you know, they're just – they didn't have that guy that – you know, that you would hear was, was going to be available. Um, in fact, I even saw our guy, Tony Jones, who does a great job covering the Jazz for the Athletic, had written something, you know, kind of positing about, you know, George Yang and might he be available. And that, that kind of got twisted by the, uh, the, the online aggregators as if he was really available. But there wasn't much noise on the Jazz, you know. And you wonder a little bit, like if Mike Conley had never found his way, and with the way that he struggled last season, you know, maybe that's the kind of situation where um, if they weren't winning like they are and he hadn't found his way, then, then maybe, you know, you could have you could have done something there. But Mike's fitting in great. Donovan's playing out of his mind. And, and the rest of the group is so deep. And, you know, just nothing out there that was going to make him better, obviously. Another bit of news from the Jazz. Alex Jensen, uh, Quinn Snyder's number one assistant, is going to stay with the Jazz as opposed to going to his alma mater at the University of Utah as the head coach. I don't know if you know, Alex, uh, but my bigger question to you, uh, Sam, is how important are these assistant coaches in the NBA? Because it sure seems like Alex has played a, a real positive role in what the Jazz are doing and developing guys like Rudy Gobert. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really know Alex. Um, but in general, you know, those guys are very important. That, you know, I even think about a guy who uh, I believe is still in the running for that Utah job with Johnny Bryant, you know, in his time with the Jazz, uh, where, you know, you, you kind of mentioned Rudy with Alex. Well, with Johnny, it was with Donovan, obviously. And and so as much as Donovan and Quinn Snyder had had seemingly really good connectivity you have this, you know, the, the human nature of the assistant coaching position is that, you know, the uh, the head coach is, is going to occasionally have to put on that kind of principal hat, you know, and be the, the guy who makes the tough decisions and, and might not always be your favorite. And the assistants need to walk that line between, uh, you know, kind of being friendly with the players, but also, you know, kind of executing on the, the vision of that head coach. And, you know, the good ones, which does certainly seem like Utah has had a, a good share of good ones recently, you know, they, they wind up elevating their own profile all over the coaching industry and, and getting in the running for jobs like the one that, that is in the news today. So um, it's big, you know, and you see the, the flip side of that is countless coaching situations where the head coach either didn't pick his assistants well or maybe the owner, you know, kind of picked assistants for him or her and they and they didn't have synergy and they they had more you know backstabbing components that, that definitely happen in, in that line of work you know and you see where it uh it doesn't go well so uh you know again utah's doing it pretty well not that talking about rebuilding teams is all that fun but was there a seller that won today a team that uh, got some good assets for a rebuild i mean i haven't really done a, a final audit on Orlando, I mean that's the, the most obvious seller for the day. Um, you know, getting I believe two firsts per Vucevic, you know, and, and the Gordon deal where you get a first there with Gary Harris. Um, 
you know, in the Fournier deal, you know, they 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 end the day with you know having stuff they're covered more than anybody else, and probably I don't know, probably the right move because it's a you know you don't know where their you know what their future is going to hold. You just can't know that at this point. But nobody truly believed that Orlando was with the, you know as currently constructed was anything more than a a seven or eight seed at best for the next four to five, six years, if they kept this cast of characters. And so that's where, you know, especially small market teams, they have a hard time letting go of that because you make money if you sneak into the playoffs. And, you know, um, even if you compare them to, in my backyard, Sacramento, you know, it's two different approaches. And we'll see which one comes out better in the wash because the Kings, you know, the only moves they made were seemingly to get better right now, uh, and they were small moves, uh, adding Delon Wright and and uh, Terrence Davis and you know and whatnot. But um, there were people who thought they should have done what Orlando did and traded Harrison Barnes and tried to trade Buddy Heald and maybe even Rashawn Holmes. So Orlando blows it up, and and we'll see where it all leads. What do you think of Oladipo heading to Miami? Um. I mean, my first thought is just with Houston, you know, and, and you're seeing this all over the social media reaction today, is just just a pretty epically low return on the James Harden trade. Now, it's not totally fair to, to act as if this is a finished product. You have, like, five first-round picks out. They're probably going to be bad ones. But, you know, that's where, quote-unquote, grading this stuff gets pretty kind of kind of nonsensical. But... Nonetheless, like it never made total sense why they had a chance to get Karis Levert in that James Harden trade, and instead opted for Oladipo. And, and you know, some people think the chance to get Levert and Jared Allen, who ended up going to Cleveland, and the Oladipo thing. You know, you're coming back with Avery Bradley and whatever else is in that deal. I'm drawing a blank, but it just wasn't much. It was pennies on the dollar. So. That one, I mean, for Miami, it's great because the price was so low. Um, you know, he could help them. And if he doesn't help them that much, then it's not a big deal. He's a free agent this summer and they didn't lose much. But I also, and we, you know, I'd written this on our site earlier, Houston, they they basically got caught with a bunch of these other teams that ended up doing deals, Dallas being one of them. Um, you know, they thought they had landing spots for Oladipo and then teams ended up going elsewhere. And the Miami thing came together really late after a couple of days of, of silence on the heat front. And then they kind of circled back and said, yeah, let's go ahead and do this thing. And it had been sitting there the whole time, but it feels like it had been sitting there as like a, a worst case scenario, which a lot of people kind of assumed it was. Sam, the Jazz get uh, the Memphis Grizzlies in the next three out of four games, which is uh, in including <laughs> Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, one of those uh, COVID uh, oddities in the schedule. But your, your take on the Grizzlies, because, of course, they're a young team and they're building, but you look at their record at 21-20, and 20, I mean, they're out there winning some games too. So what are the Jazz in store for? Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, they're, one of, you know, they're one of those teams that, unfortunately, because of the media market, we don't hear enough about them. Ja gets hype. But, you know, from there, you just you don't hear much. Taylor Jenkins is, is doing a nice job. And then, I mean, honestly, another guy that the mainstream public has never heard of, Zach Kleiman, their, their GM, you know, who kind of came from the attorney side and was not, quote, unquote, a basketball guy. I mean, he's 
doing just fine out there. You know what I mean? And Ja being the center of what they do, they uh, they're a pretty good ball club, and they're feisty and and when healthy, you know, they're playing good ball. So it's it's also that time of year where if you're Utah, you know, these games matter a lot right now. You got the Lakers who are down and out. You got to take advantage of that. Um, and try to get right and just firm up your playoff position. You can't be dropping games, you know, to a, lo- a lesser team like Memphis. So you kind of expect everybody's focus to go to a new level right now, especially with essentially, a, you know, a, lot, a much shorter back end of the post-trade uh, deadline part of the season than we would have normally. You know, the playoffs are not that far off, and, and Utah's in a great position to, uh, to take advantage of that and, and maybe have home court advantage all the way through. Sam, Jake and I have been going back and forth on uh, an issue I want to bring up with you. You've watched so many NBA games and seen players who uh, go through these undulations in their level of play. And Boyan Bogdanovich, who is known as a great shooter over the past, what, Jake, five or six games, had been just shooting nothing, blanks, you know, not really struggling. And he came out of it last night, finally. Uh, and Jordan Clarkson has been in a bit of a slump, too, last night. One of 15 from from the floor. Um, is, this just, is this just part of the nature of NBA basketball, that players are going to go through these slumps? And is the best way just to put them back out on the floor, let them keep their role, and just play through it until, until the percentages prop back up? I mean, it is. The the Clarkson one would worry me a bit. Um, I mean, I guess we should have known, you know, it's like on the one hand you should have known that, that it, you know, he likely wasn't going to stay that hot forever, but you, you don't want to see the opposite extreme either. And it wasn't like it was a two- or three-week stretch from Jordan. I mean, it was, it was you know, half the year. It was really good play. So, you know, he's got that neon green light from Quinn Snyder and you hear about, you know, how confidence is, is not a problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know, you know, I mean, they, they're just kind of one of those teams that there's no sense in changing the formula. I really don't think there is. I think there's got to be patience when it comes to, you know, the idea that, that the, the, the only downside of playing so well in the first half is that you do inevitably like, it's a lot to ask for that focus and that chemistry to stay at that level from beginning to end of the regular season. And, you know, you could almost argue like better to have a few dips in that right now and then get it back and surge into the playoffs. But, you know, it, it's natural, but it, it's also, I mean, who knows? It's so hard to analyze this stuff, but you wonder if it's a little bit of that, that baseball component, right? Where you see a pitcher for the third and fourth time, uh, in the lineup and, and you start tweaking what you do. I mean, you know, the opposing scouting report has, has been building for the Jazz over the course of the year, and, you know, teams are probably finding new ways to try to attack Jordan once they, they woke up to the fact that he was a, a potent part of what their their program. So, um, you know, but I am curious to see if, if he can uh, kind of maintain the way he was early on. Sam, thank you so much as always. Great to have you on on trade deadline day. Thanks for helping us digest it. No problem. Thanks, guys. See you, Sam. That's our friend Sam Amick from The Athletic. And, yes, he has been very busy today. And uh, the coverage of the NBA trade deadline at The Athletic in general has been absolutely terrific. They're 
they're doing a bang up job. So uh, check out Sam's work at theAthletic.com. You know, I asked Sam about uh, Victor Oladipo. Do you know what his full name is? Bernard Victor Oladipo. Let me give this a shot, okay? And I may need Austin to to rescue me Uh-oh. on this. But his real his full name is Kehende Babatunda Victor Oladipo. Well, you didn't get the last name right. I know. Yeah, that Sorry. was the weirdest thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I was. I, was so I couldn't focused. do the other names better than you did. I assure you, but I could do Oladipo better. Kehende Babatunda Victor Oladipo. Wow, that's a that's actually. I wish my name was that character. Had that much character. Austin K- sounds really uh, boring up against that. <laughs> Austin, how would you say this word? I gotta K- be able to see it, man. I'm spelling it for you. K e h i n d e. I think you did great, Kahinde. Kahinde, and then B A B A T U N D E. Babatunde, yeah, I think that's that's fine. Kahinde Babatunde, Victor Oladipo. They kind of, they kind of, it petered out toward the end there, didn't it, with the Victor? <laughs> Victor Those sounds people. a little different than the the first two, yeah. So his initials are K B V O. Um, I wonder if those are those. Do you think those are family names? I don't know. Oh well. I don't think they're just random names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. What do you, you mean? Do you I think wonder, they're family names? You wonder about the most random stuff. Well, you gotta admit that name. I I didn't know that. It's was not his John. Name. I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, what difference does it make? <laughs> it, it's, like, just an, it's just names? an interesting note. What's wrong with you, Jake? How many times you? I got to tell you, when I bring an interesting point to the show, don't say, why would anybody care about I this? didn't say that. I just... Well, you, well, you might as well, huh? I said you wonder about the most random stuff. I think that chicken salad sandwich is kicking in with Jake. How come, like, when we're talking about Alex Jensen, you're not like, I wonder if that's a family name? <laughs> because his name isn't Kahende Babatunda. So? See, this is this is this is how you become educated, Jake, is by being curious about things. Why would anybody possibly I care didn't about this? Say that. Just said. You might as well have. Do you think Sam Amick's name is from is a, a family, family name? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's Amick. A, maybe that's something we shouldn't ask him. Sam. Next week. Well, Amick definitely is a family name. Duh. Well, duh. What do you mean, duh? <laughs> Maybe he changed his last name for uh, writing purposes. That In happens. fact, he's talked to us about it before. His name used to be something different. His ancestors used to have a different name, and yeah, they changed he's... it. Duh. <laughs> Take that and Shut rewind it. it back, pal. Hold on. Like that? Yeah, but he didn't change it. His family changed it. Did but Gordon the... get run over like that? Yeah. Like that? Duh. Y'all. <laughs> what are we, fifth grade? I know you are, but what am I? I wonder if that's a family name. Hmm. <laughs> no, well, they, those are his first two names. Uh, Oladipo, I imagine, would be a family name, but Cajonde Babatunda? All right, uh, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. Is your middle name Babatunda? 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Utah's highest-rated, most listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I want, I want to be responsible. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Real quick, let me, let me jump into this read here, Gordon. I want to remind you about our good friends at Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. You were saying, Gordon? You know, I got to apologize there because you know how I make fun of you sometimes for not listening to Austin. Uh, I yes. heard Austin. I heard Austin tell you to make sure you got the read in, and then I That's jumped right. right in. So we all make I mistakes. Did, Austin probably did, asked me to do that read uh, an hour and a half ago. So <laughs> I didn't listen to Austin. Sorry, but uh, anyway, how how much of a raise do you think Alex Jensen's getting? I'd say I mean, at least uh, at least two to three dollars an hour, probably. <laughs> and an access key to the new break room, <laughs> maybe a parking lot spot. Oh, he gets uh, to park back there with a lemma. Come on, come on. Uh, back there with Gordon. Well, I haven't parked back there in forever. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. When I when I got uh, a couple cars back, when I got a certain model that I was fond of, I wanted to protect. I asked uh, the security guys if I could park back there, and they said sure, until someone got word of it. Or I think there was a new hire at the top or somebody, but somebody told me to knock it off. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think the parking spot is not a problem for Alex, but I I wonder. I wonder if that was, and we're guessing here. I want to be responsible about this because we don't know exactly what happened. Uh, Alex is sitting there, you know, doing a great job with the Jazz, uh, trusted lieutenant to uh, Quinn Snyder, and then Utah comes along and, and starts uh, maybe making an offer to him, which is substantial. I mean, Utah's going to pay it. That, that, that's a paycheck a lot of people would love to have, and uh, so. Alex now sitting there going, okay, you know, well, I could maybe do this, but what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you have to say about that? And then uh, Ryan Smith says, well, I got a few extra bucks. Are you accusing Alex Jensen of using his alma mater as leverage? No, I'm just saying that's a natural part of the process sometimes, you know? Uh, I, d- I don't know if you're asking me uh, to answer your question seriously, how much of a raise he would have gotten. I, I honestly have no, no clue, starting with the fact that I have no idea what he makes. Uh, I have an idea of what kind of your average assistant coach makes in the NBA, but what I do you I think? Honestly, do you have, do you have that? Are you, what are you based Is that information available somewhere? No. Not unless the team releases it, which, uh, let me check real quick. They don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. uh, you know, I... Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, but I, I would guess Utah. That was that you know on top of being his alma mater and those sorts of things. Uh, I would guess they they offered him a, a nice deal uh, and something that was likely tempting because, as you mentioned, that job you know pays likely more than he's making now. I don't feel like that's going off out on too much of a limb, 
but as far as what it would take to keep him in his current job or or what the the Jazz were willing to pony up, I'm I'm not sure. But I will maybe, tell you maybe, this: maybe that maybe a, a new set of Britannica encyclopedias. Maybe, or yeah, maybe one of those. I will say this though: Ryan Smith, thus far in uh, you, you know his uh, tenure as owner of the Utah Jazz, has not really shied away from ponying up the dough. Uh, if he, you know, deems it necessary, and so far he's seemingly, you know, uh, on top of minor improvements to the to the arena, to uh, paying the luxury tax, which is something we haven't talked about today, is the Jazz are pretty much now guaranteed to pay the luxury tax after not making a move. So, I mean, he's he's shown willingness to invest in the in the team, and I would guess if he viewed Alex Jensen as uh, as you know a valuable, and I would guess he'd go on the advice of Quinn Snyder, right? Uh, then he probably did what it took or, you know, certainly willing to invest in the team, I guess is the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's why I, I would imagine that maybe something along those lines happened, but I'm just guessing. I have no no information about that. But like I said, it Alex is a valued part of what the Jazz are doing. And a head coach needs a right-hand man. He needs someone. It's such a responsibility uh to 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 run your team that you need somebody you need a trusted advisor you do we all need that uh at some level in our lives and uh i'm sure quinn is very happy to have alex remain right where he is and i i bet alex is happy to remain where he is uh, because i think he's probably pretty happy coaching in the nba you know going from the nba to college that would be delicate I mean, it would. You'd have to change certainly what you do, and you'd have to, you know, create an approach to the college game because there's so much that goes into it that's different than the NBA. Not that you know more or less goes into it either way, but I mean, recruiting is such a big thing in college. It really is, and you've got to have a plan, and you've got to have a way to execute that plan. And he doesn't have to think of any of that doing what he's doing right now. He's just focused on getting Rudy Gobert better. And Rudy's my example. I mean, he coaches you know lots of players, but. You know, Rudy is the most important player that he coaches. Well, honestly, Tony Bradley, who's no longer with the Jazz, really did improve. He did. He got didn't better. get to the ceiling that the Jazz had hoped he'd be, but he got better. And the Sixers just traded him to OKC because OKC saw that recently Tony Bradley was balling. So, yeah, I I think Alex Jensen's resume was is terrific, and I think that's why he's considered for the Utah job. But you know, staying in the NBA game. Um, I, I think it's a smart move for him, actually, if his goal is to ultimately NBA, end up an NBA head coach. Um, I don't think he's that far off from that, and it's different, as as we've talked about. I wonder, it, you know, we all assume that a guy wants to be a head coach. You know, that, that that's sort of an assumption that we all make. If you're an assistant, you want to be a head coach, right? I wonder if some assistants don't want to be a head coach. I mean... There's got to be some benefit to not having the buck stop with you. I mean, you, as far as overall pressure, maybe quality of life and all that. It's a, uh, although if the head coach doesn't prosper, then you don't as an assistant, obviously. But I imagine that being a, an assistant is less stressful. Yeah, oh yeah, certainly less stressful. Although the life of a coach is so stressful, at, regardless of the level. I mean, you know, working closely with Tim Lacoma, we'll talk to him uh, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, you know, who was in coaching for a long, long time. I mean, I hear about the the stresses that come with being on a, a college basketball staff, and it's not like, uh-huh. you know, I would assume the NBA is the same well. It's not or the same way. These guys aren't exactly taking a nap in the office, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Okay. And in fact, I think Tim is really uh, appreciating kind of being out of the grind for a little bit. I don't, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's stressful. I think no matter what. Yeah. I've gotten that impression from Tim and uh, yeah. So it, I guess so. You're, it's highly pressurized regardless of what yeah. your position is. You're part of the team and the success, uh, your success is riding on the success of the, the whole outfit. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just wonder that sometimes, you know. We all say, oh, he must want to be a head coach. Well, what if he doesn't, you know? Yeah, maybe he doesn't. I, I'm not sure. I'm but, not saying about Alex. I don't know one way or the other. Maybe he really wants to be in the right circumstance. But uh, the Jazz, as I said, the Jazz are very happy to have him. Yep. And, you know, maybe, honestly, and I know this is cliche, but maybe he doesn't want to get into the recruiting game. I mean, it's it's an entirely different skill than coaching. Let Dennis Lindsay yeah. and Justin Zanuck worry about getting the players. You coach them, you know. I, I get the appeal of that. Although, you know, I mean, I think every coach wants to have some say-so in that kind of thing. I don't know about that. The head coach. The head coach? I don't know. Are there head coaches out there that just say, I just want to coach them? You, you pick who, uh, who we get? Uh, I'll bet you most coaches want, want something to say in that regard. Yeah, and most of them stink at it. Well, they have to work at it with the, they have to work with the player. They have to work with the team. They have to fit that guy into the mix. I know how many yeah. successful coach GMs have there been though. I, but I think what Gordon's getting I know, at is I know what Gordon's getting. They at. they may not want to be the say all end all, but they want to be in the room. Asked. Yeah, I hear you. Who honestly though, who has been the best coach GM in basketball? Has there been a good one? Pat Riley, I guess, that uh, second he stepped down from the front office to coach the Heat to a title and then <laughs> go back up to the front office again. I got this. Don't worry, Stan Van. <laughs> I'm going to give you a severance, but Papa's taking over. <laughs> Popovich did that, too. Yeah, Popovich he? did that, too. Yeah, he did, too. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Hill was his last yeah. name. What was his first yeah. name? George? Yeah. No, George. Uh, no, 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 that's, no. Uh, that's Brian Hill. Traded, yeah, right? it was Brian Hill. <laughs> uh, hey, Brian, thanks for thanks for your fine work. But uh, <clears throat> you sure it was Brian? No, I mean I just called him George Gordon. No, I'm not sure. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I think it might be something else. I just Bob. Can't think of what Bob Hill. <laughs> yep, Bob Hill. <laughs> there you go. Bill Hill. It was, it was like 30 years ago. It so. was Bob Hill. Yeah. Okay, there yeah. you go. But anyway, uh, glad like we got that more than more most recently, right? Or not? Maybe not most recently. But Stan Van Gundy tried it in Detroit, and that went horribly wrong. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, yeah, and they didn't uh, get any better after he started making roster moves. He traded for his son. What about Thibodeau? Wasn't he given something in Minnesota? And uh, yeah, no, Chicago. Was it Chicago? In Minnesota, I thought he was also the GM, and he brought in Scott Layden to be his assistant GM. That right? sounds right. Yeah. And that didn't go well. In football, isn't Belichick in charge of uh, or not? Not by title. I think they have an official GM there. Do Bill, they? I've never, who is it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I get it. So maybe Bill would be an example. But in, in basketball, it just, does, it just doesn't happen. I think I, – I wonder if it's because – Bill coach, Belichick is head coach, general manager. Is he officially yeah. the GM? Um. But in basketball, it's just it, it. Speaking of different skill sets, you know, what a coach thinks that the team needs and what the team actually needs. It's interesting that that's not the same thing, all the time. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's, but I think, uh, you know, for a long time, the Jazz did things by committee, right? The Jazz? I mean, yeah. They, I mean, when Jerry, when Jerry was here, uh, I, I'm, I guarantee you he was consulted. Oh, consulted, and, uh, certainly. But I'm talking yeah. about making the the final decision. The buck stops here, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone's job is on the line, so they, I'm sure they feel pressure to get it right. And if they have a strong opinion... I don't know how easy it is to get somebody off their opinion. Well, that's why you need somebody whose opinion matters more than the others. Yeah, because if everyone has the same amount of power, now you've got uh, battles breaking. Yeah, out, right? now nothing gets done, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, it seems at least from the outside looking in that uh, Lindsay and Zanuck um, both, uh, you know, take a lot of opinions into uh, into heart before they make a decision. But ultimately, you know, it comes down to. Uh, those two and and Dennis Lindsay has the top job at the moment, so it comes down to his what he says goes right. What would happen on the big show if you had a strong opinion about something and I had a strong opinion about something and Austin had a strong opinion about something and we all differed? What would we do? Well, Scotty would agree with me, obviously. <laughs> oh, that and Jake agrees with you. I'd right. agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right, <laughs> and I agree with nobody. So you're going to run to the boss? <laughs> well, yeah. No, not run. I'd probably back channel it, but yeah. <laughs> Leave an anonymous note. Yeah, I'd, I'd do something a little bit more. Make uh, a Gmail account and yeah. send him a note. Something a little more clandestine. See, man, the, but, yeah. no, the, the, the nerve you just hit. I bet there's a lot of people in a lot of professions out there that have to deal with that kind of sniveling stuff. Uh, you know, well, back channels. Some don't deal with it well. <laughs> but you've made a living of it, have you? <laughs> I mean, you have an opinion, Gordon, that I don't agree with. I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, I don't see that, that doesn't one really, That doesn't really – I'd forgotten about that one. You know, as much as I think the Beatles are overrated, too, I don't think that uh, that Limp Biscuit is better. The Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. Yeah. I don't, I don't come along with that take. All right. You got any for Jake, Austin? Oh, he, he agrees with you, but then you'd both be right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Got any more? Uh, his his take on amateurism. I oh, hate yeah. amateurism. Pay those college athletes. Man, I was wrong that day. I don't I don't agree with this take Jake has. <laughs> I love your stories, Gordon. Please tell another. No, nope, never for me. <laughs> That's one of the few I agree with. Coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. Tim LaCombe at 5. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone tim lacombe's going to join us at the top of the five o'clock hour stay tuned for that but right now it's time for the not sports report brought to you by the lhm used car supermarket over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory shop online lhmusedcars.com gordon where are we going today we're going to the friendly skies over the bay area did you see this story 
I did. This is this is really where we're going. <laughs> They're not so friendly skies, apparently. And uh, although an article in the San Francisco uh, on the San Francisco news outlet, they were saying that uh, they have uh, apparently identified the airline upon which this happened is Southwest. I cannot verify that, but that's what they're reporting. Apparently, if you haven't heard this story, a pilot who was uh, flying around that particular area uh, started making some comments into a hot mic. And we know what happens when people are unaware that a hot mic is hot and uh, they are speaking some things that they probably shouldn't. This pilot, if you didn't see it, I don't know how I'm going to say this, Jake. Uh, apparently the pilot says into it, hot mic, he's unaware it's hot. Um, can I say F this place? Blankety Just, blank liberal. Yeah, I prefer that. Blanks. He then, uh, from there, he <laughs> throws in a bunch of curse words uh, about the people uh, that are on the ground beneath him. He says he calls them blanking weirdos, probably driving around in blanking Hyundais, blanking roads and blank that go as slow as blank. And you don't have blank unless you're blanking, blanking, rolling coal, man, blanket. Um, apparently, he was talking... We'll do it live. He or she <laughs> was talking to the mic until he was interrupted by a air traffic controller saying, um, <laughs> your, your, your mic is on. And so everybody heard it. And uh, the company said that uh, this is, uh, let me read this. Our corporate culture is built on a tenet of treating others with concern and dignity. And the comments are inconsistent with the professional behavior and overall respect that we require from our employees. This situation was an isolated incident involving a single employee and not representative of the nearly 60,000 hardworking, respectful people of Southwest Airlines. That's kind of embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I, I have two thoughts on this. If you actually listen to the audio, the funniest part is when he realizes, because he goes on after the air traffic controller says that's a hot mic, and he says some other things about coal rolling. And, uh, and then uh, when he realizes what happened, he just drops a GD it. He just goes, <laughs> "Gee, did," <laughs> which I found humorous. But the other thing is, do you know what? Uh, do you know what coal rolling is? No, because the guy talks about coal rolling. It's where you rig up your. Uh, usually, it's a truck, but I suppose it could be whatever to spew as much exhaust as possible. Oh, okay. And uh, there are a lot of funny videos online of uh, people coal rolling cyclists uh, that I'm really embarrassed that I find really funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. It's just, you got to watch what you say sometimes, you know? And you and I are around hot mics all the time. We are, yeah. So we, we kind of have to be careful, but uh, this is a, a time when, when he got 
burnt. I wonder, what do you think is going to happen to him? Is he going to lose his job? I don't know. I, I don't think he should lose his job. That's some pretty strong language, though, because the blanking we were talking about is probably the most aggressive of all the blanking words. Uh-huh. I know. You know. Guy made a mistake. And he wasn't saying fetch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw these poor cyclists just having a nice day until this guy in the truck drives by. <laughs> All right, coming up next, our friend Tim Lacombe is going to join the show. We'll talk to him about the Jazz. We'll get his thoughts on Alex Jensen getting hired wait, as well. Wait. Hmm? What? and Tim Lacombe? Uh, if you mean uh, the fantastic Tim Lacombe. Are we playing <laughs> fill in the blank here, or are you insulting Tim? <laughs> oh, he's just having fun off the story. I oh, just... okay. I see. Well, we wouldn't want to insult our guest. No, we wouldn't. No. But I don't think the pilot really wanted to insult uh, the people of the Bay Area either. Well, certainly not publicly. Yeah. Well, the story I gave was better than the one about how women during the pandemic apparently prefer men with dad bods and they are hungry for action, as it, as it was according to certain surveys. I mentioned Tim was next, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> you want to ask him about that, Gordon, or should we should we stick to basketball? Yeah, I think we best. If you walk. ever say hungry for action again. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.